Hello and welcome to the Tasty Room Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. Danielle Ate the Sandwich is the stage name of pop folk songwriter Danielle Anderson. As you'll hear in this conversation on my Tasty Brew Music radio show, Danielle got her start in Fort Collins, Colorado, and is now based in Kansas City, Missouri. Until the pandemic, she's been touring nationally since 2009, after cultivating an online following from her homemade videos on YouTube. She has multiple albums of original music and has opened for the likes of Mumford & Sons and Suzanne Vega. She wrote the soundtrack to the Emmy-nominated HBO documentary, Packed in a Trunk, The Lost Art of Edith Lake Wilkinson. Her songs are lyrically driven, performed on ukulele and guitar. She finds inspiration from her curiosity about death, science, religion, family dynamics, and her own emotions and experiences. Her songs can be thoughtful and serious, but she's known for her quirky lyrical twists and delivering witty and honest stage banner in her live shows. The Denver Post says, Danielle Anderson is a tender singer-songwriter, a brazen humorist, fearless young woman. Enjoy my conversation with Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Good morning, Diana, and hello, Kansas City. Hello, Kansas City. You know, Danielle, if you have told me the story, the backstory of the name Danielle Ate the Sandwich, I have, in my old age, forgotten what it is. Do you mind telling our listeners right off the bat? I would love to tell you the story. Um, my stage name is Danielle Ate the Sandwich, and it came about when I was just getting started playing open mic nights and signing up as just Danielle. My my uh, given legal name is Danielle Anderson, and I just didn't feel like it had that showbiz ring. Um, so in the um, naivete of my youth, I uh, came up with a name, Danielle Ate the Sandwich, to make a MySpace page. And I thought of some other names and just kept coming back to Danielle Ate the Sandwich because it was funny and charming and weird and kind of didn't take itself seriously, which is all things I try to do um, in my in my personal outlook and my music. And so it really just came about as a need to have a stage name at all and not knowing really that this would end up being my career and the way that I express myself and, and show myself to the world. So 15 years later, I kind of love it and I kind of think, what were you thinking? Um, but the, <laughs> the name really came about as just uh, thinking thinking alone um, and coming up with wacky ideas as I often do, which is, is how we got here. Well, I think that does describe you to a T. I, I find <laughs> you quirky and funny and weird, but also seriously, a really good songwriter and prolific, really. And able to, I mean, I feel like you really do honor the craft of songwriting and wordsmithing. You're just amazing to me. I remember the first time I saw you perform, I was maybe seven or eight years ago now. There was a venue down on Southwest Boulevard here 
in Kansas City that has been in many incarnations since then. And there was a performance room in the back, and you and Victor and Penny performed together. And do you remember? Uh, do you remember that show? Or um, it wasn't in the what was the living room theater? I no, that's downtown. Anyway, that's the first time I one. saw you, and you've kind of been on my radar since then. And I also kind of consider you a pioneer, although you're so young, in using YouTube as a vehicle to get yourself out there and to garner support and fans and likes and all of that. How did you come to wrangle in YouTube as as a platform that was going to work? Yeah, I've been making YouTube videos for a while now. I think I put my first one up on 2007, which is right when YouTube started to get really popular and um, right before the big rush when everybody was doing it. And it came out of a friend of mine, Brandon, was just saying he saw another songwriter on YouTube sharing their songs. And he was like, you should put your songs up there. And I thought, maybe you should. And at that time, I was just getting my, my sea legs as a as a performer and kind of getting the gut to perform as a solo musician out in front of people. So performing in front of a camera was a lot less nerve-wracking and easier for me to just kind of be myself and, and take the time I needed to really give a good performance and feel comfortable. And I added a little silly element with little, like, skits or saying weird stuff in front of the um, in front of the song performances. And I put them up on YouTube and they just, I don't know how they happened to get seen across the world, not just uh, across the country. And then I actually got a feature on the homepage of YouTube when they were still doing that. So that really kicked up uh, the visibility and people seeing my music and being interested in hearing more. And since then, I've been growing the channel, releasing, trying to release videos every month. And it's a great way to, to talk about my new music or cover songs that I love. And it's been a really amazing place for me to grow a community of fans. Well, and it also has been, I would think, easier, if there's such a thing to, that's probably not the right word to use, easier to pivot and perform and engage during a pandemic when so many folks did not have that in their toolkit as far as using it as a platform. And you've been doing it for so long. Do you feel like you've had an advantage over the last year to keep things going, to keep things engaged when you're so comfortable with that? Yeah, you're so right. Um, I did. I did feel like I already kind of knew the drill when it came to live streaming concert and I already had capabilities to record videos and a fan base there because a lot of artists who perform in person in shows and tour around the country as the sole way they share their music you know they couldn't reach their fans as easily as I could reach mine so I was really lucky to have that and then still at the same time I think even just in the last year live streaming and uh, the quality of it and the way people are kind of like personalizing and the twitch stream and the all the different ways that you can really add like your branding and logo to it I'm behind on that game so even just in the last year a lot has come out but I did feel like I had an advantage when it when everything first kind of shifted into all the live streaming and, and digital because I was already there I was like oh this is what I'm already doing it was a it was an interesting time to watch other artists figure out creative ways to start sharing their music and there's I mean it's still always changing it's nuts how fast things move and how the industry is always shifting and and I feel somewhat uh, on the edge of that and some often behind and I think when that happens you really just have to like focus down on like the music how do I write good music that I love and then hopefully eventually I'll find a way to get it out to the people and they will respond but uh, the, the online streaming stuff is wild and so many people did such a good job with it and there are people 
people that are still struggling with it. I uh, have been attending yeah. a virtual convention, music convention all week, and still the quality is all over the place as far as, yeah. you know, the presentations and stuff. Some of it's really, really good, and some people are really, really struggling as a consumer. And if someone who's sitting there, you know, trying to learn or trying to gain something from it, it's kind of nerve-wracking for the audience as well to know if it's going to work, you know, and if, it, if it's to, to make it through the, the broadcast without something happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering I if... Think we're asked of so much as as indie artists i'm an indie artist and do everything uh, on my own and it we're just asked to do a lot to be you know creators and then also kind of tech whizzes and to be moved through uh, all these things and and have a little bit of experience with all of it it's kind of a trying time but i think you always end up learning something from it from the technological changes and challenges and i think your music can become better from it yeah it'll be interesting to see how good we're all getting at like zoom and technology after after this phase of our existence. And I kind of think the next phase is going to be a hybrid of the two. We're not going Mm -hmm. to go back to what was before because what was happening before for indie artists such as yourself especially wasn't necessarily working for you to be able to survive and thrive as well. If you're just joining us, this is Danielle Ate the Sandwich, also known as Danielle Anderson, who's rather recently relocated to Kansas City from Fort Collins, Colorado. I wonder if we could talk for just a moment about your decision to transfer here and about the music district that is in Fort Collins, Colorado, and how that may have informed your life as an artist, and was it hard to leave Fort Collins knowing that that resource and that base of operation was there? Yeah, great question. Fort Collins, Colorado is where I got my start in music, and it was an amazing and supportive part of how far my music and career has gotten, so it was really hard to leave because it's such a thriving and cool music community including the work they put into things like the Music District, which which is kind of a facility. An education center is just rooted in, in helping musicians create, thrive, figure out how to make it work. And it's a really cool, even just the staff is amazing and, and they work hard and have supported a lot of events that I've put on and been a part of so many things that uh, artists are doing within and throughout the city. So it was hard to leave because it was my home and it was a place where I got started it kind of felt like I was, you know, leaving home for the first time, like saying goodbye to my family. And, and the, the reason for the move was that I just, I um, am, for better or worse, a person who follows her heart. <laughs> and I just needed a change of scene. And I had toured to Kansas City several times. I'm, I'm good friends with Erin and Jeff of Victor and Penny. You mentioned we played a show here before. And I had always felt a magic when I came to Kansas City that it kind of felt like home too, or it felt um, intriguing to me that there was, there was also a buzz that I got when I was here. So the decision to move was I wanted a a new scene. I wanted a fresh breath of air. And I actually needed to take an intentional break from music because I was feeling kind of burnt out. And uh, Fort Collins was the place of my home where I got started, where I was known. um, You know, I could go out to the grocery store and someone would be like, oh, I saw you play at the college concert series. And it's like, yeah, good to see you. So, um, I was, I, I needed a break and I needed a physical break from the spaces that I was in. So I got that here in Kansas City uh, the first year I lived here. I've been here about three years now. That first year I was playing shows and doing light touring and I really actually got into improv comedy here. And then the pandemic hit. So then, you know, I got another break from it. And, and now that um, things are opening back up and I'm feeling Actually, I, I still felt like I developed a voice and a, 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 a 
place in the community because the Heartland Song community and the Kansas City area is, is so encouraging and friendly and kind. So I already feel like even though I haven't really played any shows or done much out of the house that I I already have been welcomed in. And so I'm excited that, you know, as things are starting to open up and it becomes safe for us to go out of our homes again, that uh, I'm excited to to jump in and, and, and taste all that Kansas City has to offer. You know, and as someone who has been here all of my adult life and has spent the last many decades um, trying to promote in my own way the local music scene, um, I'm real encouraged by what I see and hear. Uh, pandemic or not, I think that the songwriting and the performance of the folks, the, the, the performance level of folks here are, is just as good as anything I've seen in Nashville and Austin and L.A. and New York. I mean, seriously, and I... And I so hope that folks like you choose to stay here and use this as your base of operation, regardless of whether you, you know, choose to go out and tour regionally or internationally, that you find Kansas City a welcoming and nurturing place as an artist uh, and would like to help nurture the support, not only for myself, but I love seeing when songwriters get together and help each other, you know, and, and the song swaps and the songwriting circles that there are out there. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, let's let's mm-hmm. talk about uh, what's next for you, or what are you what are you working on right now? You've, you're, you're, you've got really unique and unusual projects that I <laughs> I, th- I mean I think Thank they you. are. Um, you just finished for for one this twenty four album twenty four hour album and this is like the fifth or sixth year that you've done that. Can you speak a little bit about the twenty four hour album project? Yeah, the twenty four hour album is not twenty four hours long. That's what some people think that I make an album that is twenty four hours long. Uh, it basically is a day. I stay up as long as I can and write as many songs as I can um, to release an album in just twenty four hours. What makes it really cool is that I invite my fans and patrons from uh, Patreon to tune in to me in the studio uh, via live stream. So I'm kind of live streaming my process of starting songs from scratch as well as recording them and trying to kind of produce them out lightly, of course. And then um, they can chat with me and offer. They help me finish lines of songs that I'm frustrated on or title them. This year we had... um, fans send in vocals so i mix their vocals into one of the songs you can actually hear them singing on the tune and i call it the 24-hour album project uh because it's it's really all that i can do in 24 hours i release it when time ends i put it up on Bandcamp as soon as i can so people can actually hear what we did and um i've done it for six years i, I just finished it a couple weeks ago in april and that was my sixth year so um, it's a really cool kind of songwriting experiment, and it becomes a collaborative opportunity to share time and space and my process with my fans. So I get a lot out of it, and, I, and the fans do too, and we kind of learn about songwriting in the process. And this year I kind of challenged them to write their own song too, and a few people have sent me what they've worked on. So that's always really cool that I can kind of get other people thinking creatively and, and opening up their minds a little bit, too. I think and it then, sounds like um, a really brave, brave thing to do. <laughs> I mean, that's a, lot yeah. of, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. 
So it is a lot of pressure. The first year I did it, I I had a little bit of like resentment towards myself and everyone, and I I'm thought, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're not. It could be really like you, people see you messing up and not knowing what court should come next and being stuck on a on a word, you know. And I think. Something I like is honesty, and I think within, you know, like, show business, when we get really good-looking press photos and, like, really well-produced songs that sound amazing, we forget how vulnerable it is in those moments where we're kind of messing up and we haven't quite got it yet, because I still have those moments, even though I have really nice-looking press photos. Um, So I just like sharing that, like, anybody can do this. You just have to practice at it and do it a bunch before you get really good at it. And there's something that I like about that, like demystifying the the process of it is important to me, and it keeps me humble, you know. I've written a lot of songs, and I can do it. I've strengthened my songwriting muscles so that it's easy enough for me to do it, and, and I like being able to do it in front of other people so they can kind of see how it's done. That's helpful for me to watch someone do something that I'm interested in. Um, I learn from that. And so I kind of hope people can learn from me doing that in front of them, even though, yeah, I embarrass myself a lot, Diana. It's not always pretty. (laughs) Well, let's, let's talk about that, that for just a second in that um, I think that one of the biggest impediments for artists to succeed is they hate the business part of it. They hate mm-hmm. the the maintenance of an email list and getting photos done and coming up with a one sheet and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of think of it as part of the totality of the whole of being an artist. And if you um, kind of accept it that way and understand that it's part of the art also, um, that it may be an easier pill to swallow. Do you feel that the business part of it and you're so good at social media um how do you think about that or what do you what do you feel about the business side of it and how best to incorporate it into your art yeah that's a great question i think i I was mentioning before with you know figuring out live streams and zooms as artists were as independent artists especially we're asked to do so much and the business side can be really daunting my goal has always been to show myself through social media as an extension of my creativity and really do it in a way that feels true to me and authentic to me and that means that I've kind of carved my own path I'm not doing exactly the same thing that other people are doing Um, it's taken me a while not to compare myself to other artists and their path and what they've what deal they landed or if they're with an agent here or getting that festival or not. I've really just tried to feel good about what feels authentic to me and that helps me enjoy social media to share my um to share my songs and my personality and, and what I'm working on and, and I've really invited my followers online to be an extension of that too. Like inviting them to be part of the twenty four hour album becomes like I need you guys to be here with me to help me become and continue to be an artist and so that helps the pressure of um i don't know you know 
all the maintenance required, like you said, or looking shiny and professional online, I kind of try to remove that layer and be honest. And I do think it can be hard and it's not for everybody. I, I think it's good to take it less seriously than you might think you need to. And then also to hire other people to help you with it if yeah. it really brings you down. Yeah, if it's a real, real no-go, you really need to try to farm it yeah. out, even if it's to a family member or a child. <laughs> That can do it. That can do it. I'm speaking to Danielle Anderson, also known as Danielle Ate the Sandwich, an indie artist that's right here in Kansas City now. Amongst us, uh, you have a particular project that you would like to announce today. I'm so excited that you're willing to do this on the radio with me. This is wonderful. Let's talk Thank about you, it. Diana. I'm excited too. Yeah, I have a really exciting release coming up at the end of this month. I'm releasing a new EP on May 20th. And it's original songs from It's Not a Burden. This is a documentary film um, made by my friends at Greeny Film. And the documentary is about the humor and heartache of raising elderly parents. So it's grown-up children navigating kind of the joy and pain of caring for their elderly aging parents. And all all that encompasses those, you know, those moves, those decisions, those experiences. And so I got to write three original songs for the film that are used to help tell these stories of these families going through this. And it's been a project that we've been working on for a few years now, and we finally got news that the film itself will release on June 1st, which is just the weekend after the EP releases. I'm really proud of the the songs. The songs themselves are produced by Joanna Catcher of um, Nice Manor Studio in Los Angeles, California, and it's a new sound for me. She really elevated my music. They're kind of some are rock, more gritty with rock vibes, and then there's one that's really beautiful and ethereal with strings, and it's really heart wrenching. And then there's one that's kind of soulful, and I, I'm hoping Americana. I don't know. I don't know which one you uh, picked up on, but it's a really cool experience to be involved in a film, of course, and to work with a great producer and to be a songwriter who gets to see her music elevated through incredible production, working with incredible musicians and um, people who know their sounds and then to see the songs uh, visually accompany a movie that is so powerful and touching it's it's a really cool thing uh, there are days when i wake up and i'm like whoa being a musician it's really cool <laughs> and this project is a great example of that again it's called the film is called it's not a burden the humor and heartache of raising elderly parents and my EP is called Original Songs from It's Not a Burden. I thought what we would do uh, at the end of our conversation, I would like to play I Could Have Sworn from awesome. that EP and also a selection in Good Company from the 24-hour album project that you talked about to kind of give our listeners a taste of, of Danielle Ate the Sandwich. I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah, both sides of the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, and I would love if you could play those songs. Okay, awesome. we'll do it. Now, let's uh, also let our listeners know the best way to act Access all things Danielle ate the sandwich. I love your hashtag. That's D A T S. Danielle ate the sandwich. And, yeah, you uh, got it. You, I know you're out there on every every platform, but uh, what's the the best way for folks that have been listening to us for the last 25 minutes or so, and they want to go? I want to go check her out. She sounds fascinating. Check me out. I get it. I get it. It's intriguing. It's interesting. 
I always send people to my website, DanielleAteTheSandwich.com. From there, you can find links to all my social networks, but I am on all the all big ones, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Patreon. That's a great way to support me. And we talked about my YouTube channel. You can find links to all of those on my website, DanielleAteTheSandwich.com. And then now, Diana, I noticed people sell sandwich differently. I spell it S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H. Not with so, an M. Um, sandwich. Not an extra eight. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Just so some people, they're, they're common words, but I've seen lots of different spellings. But really, if you just Google Danielle Sandwich, uh, lots of things about me will come up online. So I challenge you yeah. to, to see what you get. Well, I could talk to you for and, an hour. You'll have to call back again sometime. I know. I know. I want to dig into... Before you wrap up, I just want to yeah. say congratulations on your first Friday show. And I think it's going so well. I was listening before, and um, I'm loving the tunes you're playing. Some of my baby boyfriend favorite musician so oh. it's really cool and congratulations on your first Friday show. Thank you. Uh, I've been filling in for the last couple of months and I was able to announce that this is the first week where I've come into the studio and it's on the traffic log and it's hopefully it'll be on the website and all that other stuff soon so I do feel like today is the official first day and I'm so happy. Thank you for taking the time to tell me that and for taking the time out of your day to, to call in and, and share just a portion of your story with our listeners. They need to sit back and relax and enjoy tunes from Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much, Diana. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. Have a great rest of your day and have a great weekend. You too, girl. Talk right. to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. This is uh, Danielle Ate the Sandwich here on the Tasty Brew.
We were all quiet when the father said a 